Well, the roster is set, and one player specifically is very happy. Not that he's on the roster, but the man can certainly say that he is going to be an Arizona Cardinal for the foreseeable future. That's right. DeAndre Hopkins' contract extension is a done deal, locked up for the next five years, which is always good news. And good news for Kenyon Drake. He's healthy, no longer in a walking boot. And he is certainly focused on this first game to show that, yes, he is and can be that featured back. A lot to get into. It's episode 306, and it starts right now. Welcome to Cardinals Cover 2 with Craig Grealou and Mike Jarecki. Cardinals Cover 2 is presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals, and by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts. Murray rolls to the right, throws near side to Fitz, caught, and he's into the end zone for the touchdown. Here's Craig Grealou and Mike Jarecki. Well, no longer a collection of individuals. The Arizona Cardinals are now a team, MJ. The 53-man roster is set, and yeah, there will be some changes over the next several weeks, but we now know week one what this team will look like. Still, I'll say it, on paper, but on paper, it looks very good. Yeah, and it seems like, you know, just based on the names the Cardinals were able to retain, uh, those guys cleared waivers, it's like they got a 68 or 69-man roster. Now, obviously, you can't trust that on game day, but, you know, I think that's where we were when it came to the offseason or lack of uh, a lot of uh, Zoom virtual meetings, and then you got a chance to have a quick strength and conditioning program, the ramp up here, and then you had training camp. So, you know, 512 guys were are on, you know, practice squad rosters, and you, you can slide a guy like DJ Foster on there, and you know, some of the guys that like Jonathan Bullard, um, who obviously was a guy that I thought was going to make the roster. So it's kind of fascinating how it's going to work out. And you know, I was I was reading that practice squad guys could travel. I don't know if you're going to have all, all that, and I think it's because of COVID. Uh, obviously, you don't want to have an entire position go down, but you know, first of all, we got to th- you know thank the National Football League and and all 32 clubs because th- they're able to pull this off. And we're talking about you know the NFL. I believe card they had a 10 game schedule, a 12 game schedule, a 14 game schedule, and a 16 game schedule. And here we are, days away from the uh, Texans and, and Chiefs playing, um, and it looks like everything's going to going to plan. Teams have. And players have been tested every day. I think that will continue. Now, obviously, going on the road is going to be, a, you know, something different because you weren't able to have that dry rehearsal in preseason. But give the players and give the coaches and the organizations a lot of credit here because we're not having this conversation if everyone did not make it a commitment. Amen. And just go back to free agency started on time. The draft started on time. Now, there was no off-season. It was all virtual. It was all Zoom meetings, but that still continued through the months. And then training camp, a little bit longer, a little bit different, no preseason games, and there were pluses and minuses with that. But here we are now with week one to start on time. All right. Before, you know, we'll obviously have plenty of time the rest of the week um, to break down the matchups and opposing views, et cetera. But you and I did a, you know, show on Friday and, you know, obviously the Cardinals didn't, they they released some players on Friday, obviously the majority when they had to get to the cut down. And we went through our, you know, projected 53 man roster. And, you know, I'll give you credit because uh, you went out on a limb and, 
you know, based on, I think, what, and, and we didn't get a chance to hear Steve Kime on 98.7 um, that morning, um, but you you had the Cardinals keeping three receivers and, you know. Three you, quarterbacks. Three quarterbacks, sorry. And based on that, you could see how much the Cardinals liked Chris Streveler. So give you credit there. And, you know, obviously we talked about the numbers game. Uh, how many running backs can you keep? How many wide receivers can you keep? How many linemen can you keep? And, you know, it's interesting. You know, the Cardinals back in 2018 kept three quarterbacks on the roster, and that would have been Sam Bradford, Josh Rosen, and Mike Lennon. So it's happened in the past. Now my question to you is, are we going to see three active on game day? No, we will not. And I don't think we will see it, at least initially. I still think Strebler needs a little bit more time because if he is going to be active on game day, then I think that means we see him on special teams. And I just don't know if your special teams coordinator slash assistant coach, Jeff Rogers, if you're still quite 100% comfortable throwing him out there. Unless something has happened since, you know, and again, we don't see all the practice. We don't see all of the meetings. But that is a valuable roster spot that maybe you give to someone who is a little bit more advanced, especially at the NFL level. Well, I think, you know, everyone's trying to, you know, follow the suit of, of Tyson Hill. And, you know, he's, you know, he's probably the backup quarterback, could be the future there. They gave him $10 million a year. But, you know, I was listening to, to Ron Wolfley on 98.7, and he thought, you know, maybe he made it because he's a special teams guy. Now he's never done it. Um, but, you know, you look at his upside, he runs a 4-4-5-40. Four, four, uh, Could he be your, uh, you know, protector on special teams? And, and so you can run on some gadget plays. Now you don't want to tip your hand there. Um, I'm curious to see, you know, what kind of role he has. But clearly they feel like he can he can give this team a, a different angle. Uh, you know, if you're the punt protector, that means there's times that you could snap the ball to him. Yeah, and as we discussed on Friday, there was a reason why they signed him, and obviously they saw enough of him to put him on that week one roster, and they went 25 offensive players, 25 defensive players. When we did our roster breakdown, I had 26 on offense. I went heavy at running back. I went heavy at wide receiver and light on offensive line. As it turned out, they keep three running backs, they keep six wide receivers, and they keep 10 offensive linemen. 25 on offense, 25 on defense, and going a little bit heavier at linebacker. And in the secondary, going with four cornerbacks and five safeties, which to me was a little bit of a surprise. But that might mean that perhaps a Buda Baker, dare I say, and Isaiah Simmons can also be that coverage guy as far as in the slot if the team loads up on wide receivers. Now, you know, in the offseason we talked about, you know, how is this uh, second-year class of wide receiver going to look? And you know, I was optimistic that hope all three guys pan out, but clearly that wasn't the case. And, you know, Akeem Butler was one of the uh, first casualties. And, you know, for him it was just more of the drops. And, you you know, you, you were thinking maybe in watching and going to meetings for an entire year. I'm not saying he came in here and, and took it easy. You know, it was on easy street. But, um, you know, you had to hope out. Andy Isabella and Keyshawn Johnson pan out. Obviously, they're part of the top six. So, um, But, you know, I kept reading over the weekend, oh, the surprise cut. Uh, You know, now that I get a chance to work in the organization, not that I'm in the meetings or all that, it's not a surprise to the organizations. You know, it was was a surprise to me that Jonathan Bullard didn't make the active roster. Yeah, but I understand. It was a a surprise about Evan Weaver. Not so much because they, they really upgraded that position. So, you know, uh, obviously, you know, the Cardinals feel like 
Um, they got their 22 starters. So they're probably going to play 14 to 16 guys on offense, probably 15 to 17 on defense, and you know also special teams. And you know, a guy like Eno Benjamin, I think he made it based on special teams. Curious to see if he gets the opportunity to be the kick returner. I think just on uh, ball security and fluidness, I think Christian Kirk could be your punt returner. So, you know, again, if you're not a starter and Kirk is one, you're going to have to play on team. So I think they did a good job, and clearly they've had a more talent on both sides of the ball. The one surprise that I did have just because of his special team's ability was D.J. Foster not making the team, but they went with three running backs as opposed to four. So, you know, Benjamin, the seventh-round draft pick, does make the team. Now, Foster is back. Weaver is back on the practice squad. In fact, the Cardinals brought back 14 players that they had released onto the practice squad. So remember, there are 16 players that you can have on the practice squad, up to four. You can kind of quote-unquote protect so opposing teams can't poach off your roster and sign to theirs. So we'll have to wait and see what that means for the Cardinals. But uh, at least right now, we are... We know what this team looks like. Again, I'm going to say it on paper. And now, MJ, just days away from seeing this team on the football field. Yeah, and so, you know, when you look at the puzzle and you look at what they did, um, they're a better football team on paper. And that should translate to being a better football team on the field. Uh, I can't tell you enough just about how things went so much smoother in training camp. Stability in the front office, stability on the coaching staff, stability on the roster on offense. Yeah, you're going to have a couple new starters, center, right tackle, and then obviously Hopkins. They've added talent on defense with the draft class, you know, a couple run stuffers. Um, You can't keep all the draft picks, but uh, they're in a much better position. Uh, Now it's just got to come together, and I'm curious to see. I I, I use the word curious and obviously a lot, but I'm curious to see. Um, how that defense comes together because they're going to have three to four new starters in that front seven. Well, this we know as far as a better football team overall and specifically on the offensive end, the addition of DeAndre Hopkins. And we know now, as we discuss here on this Tuesday on Cards Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals, Hopkins is under contract with the Cardinals through 2024. A new two-year extension agreed upon between the team and the players and officially announced on Tuesday. And this is something, MJ, that I think a lot of people anticipated when he was acquired. It just needed time to kind to get to this point where we sit on September 8th. Yeah, listen, you know, obviously the Cardinals did their due diligence with the background. Uh, Usually you get a chance to talk to the, uh, you know, the position coach, the coordinator. In this case, Bill O'Brien is the general manager. And when you make a deal like that, um, they didn't give up a first-round pick, but you are investing in the future and the fact that he had three years left on his contract at $39 million, however, no guaranteed money. Those conversations take place before you make the trade. And then you tell the player, yes, we want you part of the future. Uh, we didn't bring you in here for this next three years. So it was pretty inevitable that something was going to get done. And now, you know, the Cardinals feel like he's part of the future. And when they ID their core moving forward, he's going to be under contract through 2024. Uh, we could see both him. Uh, we should see him and Murray grow together. And, um, you know, I'm thrilled that the Cardinals have a number one wide receiver on the roster. Well, and this is huge, not only for the Cardinals, but I think for Hopkins as well. And not that he made it a big deal or something that he was actively seeking. He didn't make it public. But this has got to take some 
I won't say pressure, MJ, but take something off his shoulders. Look, I don't have to worry about it. I'm set. I got what I wanted. And now not only am I paid like an elite wide receiver, but now I have the long-term security. I have found a new home. He liked Houston. He certainly has said that he has liked Arizona, even though he still has not played a game with the Arizona Cardinals. But now you can certainly look at this and say, all right, Kingsbury, Murray, Hopkins. Those three on offense, and maybe someone else emerges, maybe a Christian Kirk, maybe a Kenyon Drake or a Chase Edmonds, but at least offensively your core is set, and that's those are three huge pieces. Yeah, and you know we talked about it on the Red Sea Report. The reason why the Cardinals were able to do this with Buda Baker and DeAndre Hopkins is because Kyler Murray's on a rookie contract. We've seen other teams around the league stack up. Uh, the Rams made a run. They've coming off three consecutive winning seasons. Unfortunately, maybe they're not the team to beat in the West anymore. Um, obviously, you look at what the uh, Ravens and the Kansas City Chiefs have done, putting more talent around them. Obviously, they, you know Mahomes got the long-term deal. So when you get a rookie on a contract and he's a franchise quarterback, you're allowed to make these moves, and the future looks bright. I mean, you're talking about skill position players, you know. You look at, you know, a guy like Kyler Murray, quarterback. You look at a number one wide receiver who just turned 28. You look at Buda Baker, guy's only 24 years old. So that's one thing the organization has done a good job. When I mention core, they're, they're the core of the future, meaning these are the guys you want to have on your roster. And just think, all three guys haven't peaked yet. And this is interesting as, as I look at some of the numbers on Hopkins from the press release that the Arizona Cardinals have sent out. Yeah, since he entered the league in 2013, Hopkins ranks third in receptions, third in receiving yards, and second in touchdown receptions. No question he's productive. But the number that stands out to me, MJ, and I, I admit, 2013, long time ago. I don't remember off the top of my head that draft. But Hopkins, yes, he was a first-round pick, but he was drafted 27th overall. And he's <laughs> he's taken that and become, if he wanted to do a redraft, he's a top-five selection. Oh, At yeah. Least. No, I mean, we're talking about the top three receiver in football. And, and again, I, I think OBJ, I think Jarvis Landry, I think Mike Evans, I think Chris Godwin. I mean, you have to have that number one guy. And, you know, I go back to Demir Bird in the month of December. He was the only receiver getting a separation. And nothing against Larry. He's never been a speed guy, but teams were bracketing him. You'd have a, you know, corner un underneath, and you'd have a safety over the top. So, obviously, you're not going to get yards after catch. Um, but but I, I just like the fact that the three guys I mentioned, they're going to be the core moving forward, you know, and two are on offense and one are on defense, and we'll see what happens with Chandler Jones and Patrick Peterson. They're entering their first time in their careers going into the season 30-plus. Uh, I think they are, they're both playing at a high level, and I know Patrick wants to come back with some revenge and redemption. So I think they're, I think they're in a good spot. It's You know, you know obviously you're going to have some, some areas where if you have an injury, next man up. Um, but I think depth-wise, they're pretty good. But, again, um, Part of being playing in December and January is being lucky when it comes to health. Well, let's go back to how we began this conversation and the wide receiver room and the number of wide receivers that they kept. Six is the number. Fitz, Hopkins, Kirk, Isabella, Johnson, and Sherfield. And you look at that, and we've discussed it I don't know how many times and 
I don't know how many times over the years, but if this is it for Larry Fitzgerald, now all of a sudden, yes, there would be a void. Yes, I'm not, I'm not saying anything disparaging. Yes, there would be a hole. But you lose a Fitz, and you fill him with a DeAndre Hopkins as far as a number one wide receiver with maybe Christian Kirk stepping up, maybe Isabella steps up, maybe Johnson steps up, maybe it's finally Trent Sherfield's time to step up on the offensive end. Now it's not a gaping hole, and we're sitting there stressed in the offseason. Oh, Cardinals got to go out and sign a wide receiver in free agency. They got to draft a wide receiver in free agency. He lost Fitz. He's been their guy forever. No, Hopkins is your guy. And now you've got Hopkins and Fitz for this year, maybe next year. That's a tremendous one-two punch. Yeah, and, you know, Larry's on board. I mean, Larry, the more the merrier. We talked about Larry. Yes, he's had a great offseason. Um you know, obviously they gave him some days off, um, but he'll be ready to go. But, um, you know, I just think this Cardinal offense could be explosive and obviously starts with the play calling and the quarterback. But, you know, I, I just like that uh, when you ID someone that you want to be part of your future, you're willing to give them an extension. So, you know, um, obviously when you get these extensions and you got a bright future, you got to produce. And I think all three guys would sign up for that in a heartbeat. Update to the latest version of the Cardinals mobile app today. The update features an all-new redesigned home screen experience. Visit azcardinals.com slash app for more. As we continue here on this Tuesday edition of Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. Let's look on the other bit of news that occurred since our last show on Friday, and that is we had a chance to hear from Kenyon Drake, and there was, I don't know, MJ is is – Worry, the the word to use, uh, consternation, uh, people panicking, uh, throwing their hands up in the air, not wonder, wondering what is going on. But uh, Kenyon Drake, folks, uh, Bird Gang, don't worry. Kenyon Drake is just fine. Yes, he was in a boot during training camp, spotted in a boot, but it was well after the open period of practice. He was only in the boot, according to him, for two days, and then, in his words, he was, quote, under the weather for a few days more, so his return to practice was delayed some. The good news is Kenyon Drake on the practice field, and he is ready to go against the San Francisco 49ers. Yeah, and just imagine he's now been in the system for over a year. He talked about when he watched himself on film, those things he can do a lot better. You know, and, and you know, unfortunately, Craig, and I understand it between fantasy football, but a lot of, t- you know, a lot of leagues uh, they draft before the preseason's over we didn't have a preseason this year so I think people are yelling fire in the theater and Kingsbury was honest on both occasions that we're being cautious I mean clearly we knew that Kenyon Drake and DeAndre Hopkins were going to be available in week one Uh, but you know at at the same time during the you know during some of the shows I said it's important for these guys to be out there Um, but at the end of the day uh, I don't get too fixated on what happens in August because I know that those guys are going to show up in week one. Yeah, and Kenyon Drake certainly has a lot going for him, or this is a big year for him personally. You try to get him to talk about that, and he always goes back to team and wanting to be a part of the turnaround here and getting this team off to a fast start. But if you just look at him and what is on the line for him in 2020, he's on a one-year contract. That $8.4 million and change as the transition tag. So if he doesn't produce this season, 
he's going on the open market, and then you have to wonder what is he worth to the Cardinals, to any other team out there. So he is certainly prepared and has worked hard in the offseason to be that number one guy. Now he's just got to go out and deliver. Well, I mean, some teams have a bell cow. Some teams go running back by committee. Um, he's making $8.4 million for this upcoming season. You know, I don't want to be uh, the guy that says uh, run him in the ground, but he's on a one-year contract. And what Steve Kime told Doug and Wolf, um, you know, as they were getting close to the 53-man roster, one of the most underrated players on the, on the Cardinals roster is Chase Edmonds. Now, can he carry the load? I guess we'll worry about that in the future. But he's a great change of pace back. I think he's gotten better in pass protection. We know he can catch the ball in the backfield. And I think based on his size, sometimes you don't see him behind the line of scrimmage. So I like the one-two punch there. And then we'll see about Eno Benjamin getting some opportunities on special teams. And what I like about Drake is when he was asked specifically about touches. And he said, look, my best guess is as good as yours. And he's not worried about it. Now, he's saying all the right things publicly. Privately, behind closed doors, yeah, I'm sure he's wanting his touches and he'll worry about his touches if he doesn't get enough. But will mitigate all of that is at the end of the day on Sundays, they walk out of San Francisco and Levi Stadium with the win and maybe he has 80 rushing yards and a touchdown. Hey, you get the W, now all of a sudden you can go into the offseason and say, this is what I did, but this is what I did for a winning team. I helped the Arizona Cardinals, you know, win the division or make the playoffs, and then look what we did in the playoffs. Well, for the guys that have been here, you know, eight wins in two years is, is, is nothing to write home about or be excited about. But, you know, I'm sure behind closed doors, Kyler has goals, Drake has goals considering he's on a one-year contract. Larry, no, we know he wants to get in the postseason. Chandler has goals. They all should have goals. But I think they're willing to sacrifice personal goals for team goals. And winning the division would go a long way. Yes, it's a tough division, but that means you're hosting a playoff game. That means you've made strides. That means you have over nine or nine wins where you have eight wins in two years. So I think a lot of guys would sacrifice personal uh, goals for team goals because at the end of the day, you want to be playing uh, in January. That's where your peers say, wow, that guy's made a lot of strides. And hopefully it's not a one-game playoff. You want to get down and, and make a run. So... Yeah, I, I, you know, early in their careers, guys want to have numbers and stats, but ultimately you got to get the W, and I think guys are willing to sacrifice personal goals for team goals. Well, and at the end of the day, when you are on a winning team, you get noticed just a little bit more, and all of a sudden those numbers, they don't get elevated. I mean, all of a sudden they're in bold because, hey, this team won 10 games and you average this rushing yard total or this passing yards total and all of a sudden it looks better than if you have more but only five wins listen what the ravens did last year and what the chiefs did you remember a couple of years ago when the rams and chiefs played to like 51 45 was it i'm not saying the Cardinals are going to shoot out but this offense should be explosive and if they try to use the hurry up offense which avoids teams making substitution patterns Kyler Murray, to me, that's when he's at his finest, where he can improvise, he can learn to make more plays from inside the pocket, he can take off and run. So um, I really think this offense is going to be one of the more exciting offenses in football. But ultimately, at the end of the day, if you don't win, you're not going to get the credit around the league.
They finished tied for 16th. The Cardinals' offense did in points per game, just under 23. Well, just think, if you don't have the third and 13s and when you get into the red zone, you score touchdowns versus field goals, give all the credit in the world to Zane Gonzalez. But, you know, this year, third down conversions, red zone, you need points. And so that will change a little bit, um, you know, ratings-wise. But I think they're going to be one of the more explosive offenses in football because it comes with Kingsbury's play calling and it comes from the quarterback and the weapons they have. We joke about Zane Gonzalez. Love to see him. We just don't want to see him on the field kicking twenty-four-yard yes. field goals, extra points, PATs. That's yes. when we kickoffs. That's exactly. when we want to see Zane Gonzalez on the football field. One more note on Drake, and this is something that I know is going to be on his uh, above his head, if you will, uh, until he can show that yes, he can be the guy. But and I don't know what he was in high school, but in college at Alabama, at Miami, he was never the guy. He did never have that pressure or that billing as being the featured back. And here he goes into 2020 with that behind him. He knows he is the number one running back on this team, and he's earned it because of what he did in the eight games prior. But it's certainly a different feeling when you're going in knowing you're the guy versus knowing you got to go in and produce for a job. He has the job. Now he has to excel at it. Yeah, and that's why I'm, I'm – you know, I'm interested in to see what he can do with 16 games. I mean, you know, he, he admitted that after, you know, he he was he had fresh legs and what he did in 72 hours against the Niners on Halloween night, um, he did have a couple dud games, and that was more of the offense where they couldn't get any traction. And, you know, obviously when you come off the street, you're excited about the opportunity. Um, he was on a roster, but you're excited about the opportunity. And, you know, as I said, fresh legs and adrenaline kicks in. But, you know, I want to see him be more consistent week out, week in and week out. And like what you said, if he finished with 85 yards, average four yards a carry, gets a rushing touchdown, a couple passes, and the team wins, that's all that matters. And how much more in the passing game do we see Kenyon Drake this season? 28 catches last season and now all of a sudden an extra weapon for Kyler Murray and maybe we see now more just three wide receiver sets with either a tight end as a wide receiver or Kenyon Drake as that wide receiver. Yeah I mean again you don't want to tip your hand Um, like I said if Kyler goes through his progressions and he ultimately sees him in the flat it's a it's a quick check down um, and listen, sometimes screen passes, bubble screens, uh, you know, jet sweeps. I always feel like they're extended run plays. They're high percentage. Now, obviously, the exchange is big when you're behind the line of scrimmage. But, you know, Christian Kirk and guys like Andy Isabella. But you know, there's no reason why Kenyon Drake can't be that. I like the way last year when uh, Kyler was in, in, in the gun and the play was running and the, the running back was already going off for a pass. That's an extended run play. Yes, it's going to show a pass play in, in the in the stats, but that's an extended run play. High percentage plays. I think this Cardinals offense will stay along. They'll stay uh, away from the third and longs like they have last year. Yeah, that's I think going to be key if this offense can stay on the field is to be in third and manageable. And what's that? Four, five, six yards. Anything under seven to eight. And we're seeing teams Craig throw the ball more on first and second down now 
where if you're a third and behind the sticks, you know, you'll see teams throw the ball before the sticks, and you're like, do they realize they have to get nine yards? Well, they're actually playing for field position at, at that point. Usually Cliff says the party's over. Um, but obviously when you're third and three, third and four, there's a lot you can do. You, you, you don't Third and 13, yeah, you got plays in the playbook, but teams are playing um, zone. They're going to allow you to catch the ball. They're going to plaster you at the line of scrimmage or where you catch it and you're not going to get the first down. I don't think we're going to have that scenario as much this year as last year. You watch week one, first offensive snap against the 49ers, two running backs, two tight ends, <laughs> Murray under center. No, not going to happen? Anything's possible <laughs> with Kingsbury. Hey, I mean, he's had the entire offseason to figure out what he wants to do. He watched the Super Bowl. Um, you know, obviously different personnel with the Chiefs. But, yeah, I, 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 listen, Kyle Shanahan, I have a lot of respect for him. I think him and John Lynch have earned six-year contracts, and hopefully we're having that conversation when it comes to the GM um, and the head coach with the Cardinals. But, you know, I look, you, know you, you don't hear anybody on the outside nationally saying, why do they hire this college coach? He didn't have a winning record. You don't hear that anymore because he's got a good staff. Um, he interviewed every single guy that's on that staff, and now we're going to see what Vance Joseph can do with better players. Remember, he told Paul Calvisi on an episode of Cards Camp Central powered by Cox that he had so much time to look at film that not only was he looking at college film, he was looking at XFL film to see what they were doing for those short um, number of games that were played in that league. So who knows, as you said, what we will see coming up this Sunday. Yeah, I mean, you know, we got a chance to see what happened last year. Um, week one, they tried to go four wide and didn't work. And eventually the Cardinals were down like 24-9, to nine, make a, made a great comeback in the fourth quarter and played to overtime for a tie. No ties. Hey, if we're sitting and watching that game on Sunday – as we always do during the course of the regular season. And this team has to have a monumental comeback in the fourth quarter. Then, um, well, not back to the drawing board. Yeah. <laughs> then, <laughs> then all of a sudden it's like, all right, we'll scrap all of that. And let's uh, see what uh, week two brings us when uh, the Washington football team comes to State Farm Stadium. So, uh, yeah, we are, we are right in the mix of game week, which is always good to be talking about some real football. Now – and these numbers mean nothing. The Cardinals have beaten the Niners eight of the last ten times. Now they're coming off losing both games, which they went toe-to-toe. Those mean, mean nothing. But I just can't emphasize enough measuring sick, tone setter, how do you gauge them against the NFC in the division. I'm not going to say it's a must win, but, man, it, it feels so good to get on that plane for those players in the organization, how much work they put in. Everyone's putting work in the offseason to come back with a, a win, and then you got back-to-back home games. I mean, it would go so far if this team's going to make a run uh, for, for the, in the NFC and the division coming up in 2020. Well, here's the stat that Kingsbury brought up earlier this week about getting off to a faster start and it was a not a good number this team since 2016 2 11 and 1 in the first month of the season fast start protect home turf and all of a sudden this team perhaps can put itself in position to be in the playoff conversation and make the playoffs for the first time since 2015. Well, and, and I know what fans are going to say, you know, it's not where you start, it's where you finish, you know, but you start looking after three weeks if you're 2-1. Listen, I would sign up for the Cardinals 3-2. and two. Um, 
but they have to make hay early in the season. It's a very favorable schedule. We know how daunting it's going to be in the second half. Uh, you mentioned, you know, playing the Seahawks and the Patriots on back-to-back road games. I'm not saying that's an easy uh, out in the NFL, but I, I like their chances with, um, you know, uh, young quarterback and Dwayne Haskins. You know, hopefully they can win some games in the AFC, but uh, they got to get off to a good start. We talk about winning division games. It's time that it's time to leap the Rams in the division and chase the Niners and Seahawks. It's time to win home games. It's time to win conference games. It's time to scratch out road wins. And if you do that, you're in that conversation in the month of December for playoff football. Subscribe to Arizona Cardinals podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, TuneIn, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. Listen to your favorite shows on the go like Cardinals Underground, the Big Red Rage, the Cardinals Red Sea Report, and, of course, this show, Cardinals Cover 2. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcast for more information. MJ, you feeling better? DeAndre Hopkins, under contract, long-term, five years, an extra two years added on to his current deal, more new money for him, which makes everyone happy. But you have your number one offensive weapon, okay, maybe one B next to Kyler Murray because you got to keep into account Murray's ability to run the football as well. But that is now all behind us. There is There is no consternation as far as, is Hopkins happy here? Uh, I think today showed that he is happy to be in Arizona and wearing a Cardinals uniform. Honestly, I was never worried. Um, I feel better because you know now he just can focus on football, and we know he's got a football high cue. He, he's embraced the Valley. Um, he feels like it's home, even though he obviously you know played in Houston, uh, played at Clemson, but. Uh, it was inevitable, and I, I think you, what you're seeing here, and I think it's going to end by Saturday night, um, you're seeing teams give extensions, Stradavius White, um, obviously Buda Baker, DeAndre Hopkins, because, you know, uh, you know, Patrick Peterson's a little bit different situation. He's going into the final year of his contract, and he's the one that said, if the season starts, I don't want to talk about it. And, you know, he's rolling the dice, Cardinals are rolling the dice, but I think you're going to see extensions come, and then once Saturday night comes, and then we'll see what the Cardinals have some uh, wiggle room around the trade deadline. They could add a player if they feel like they need to. But um, I'm glad it's over. Um, you know, there's nothing more about talking about somebody else's money and how somebody should spend it. So, you know, th- that's above my pay grade, as uh, a lot of guys would say. Buda Baker was first. DeAndre Hopkins second. Is there a third before we get to this weekend? Well, Steve Kime mentioned that right now the projected salary cap to go down 23 million, so that's 175. Unfortunately, you're going to have to squeeze some veteran players out there, you know, guys that are making four or five million. But, you know, they feel they've got depth on the offensive line. They clearly got depth at receiver. So we'll wait and see, but we're going to worry about this week first. We'll start talking about next season. Yeah, the focus now can be put on the field. X's and O's and taking a look at the San Francisco 49ers. And we're not going to talk about the roster on paper. Now you're going on the grass, and that's where you get evaluated. We go from two words on paper to three words on the grass. And we'll see if on paper matches up with on the grass. These games count. Absolutely. And there's only 16. Week one. 125 is the kickoff from Levi's Stadium. Certainly cannot wait. We've got plenty of time this week to discuss further with the Cardinals and 49ers matchup-wise and how the Cardinals can and hopefully should prevail 
in week one. On that note, we will put a lid on this edition of Cards Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. As always, special thanks to our executive producer, Jim Omohundro. For Mike Jarecki, I'm Craig Riolu. We'll talk to you next time on Cards Cover 2.